0: Coming up, we're going to tell you all about our experience on a very unique Viva Italia Adventures by Disney trip that we took in September. Coming up next, from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 753, for the week of November 4th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of The Diz Unplugged, coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends John Magi, Kevin Close, Teresa Eccles, our producer Dustin West and associate producer Craig Williams back in the production nook. And you'll notice I did not say a live show because we are not actually going out live for this. Uh, This is an extra show this week um, to discuss our Adventures by Disney Viva Italia trip. And... You know, I say the Adventures by Disney Viva Italia trip, but really it was uh, the Dreams Unlimited Viva Italia trip having, being done by Adventures by Disney because Kevin and John completely customized this trip for our group. For those not familiar, uh, we do these Adventures by Disney trips uh, every year. Um, and uh, we always do the backstage magic after California and Disneyland. And then once a year we do a big trip usually to Europe, it seems to be. Excuse me, where they've uh, all been done. (laughs) And uh, Kevin and John have done the actual regular Viva Italia with Adventures by Disney, what, three times? Three times. And with this particular trip, there were things they said, you know what, we want to really customize this to our group. So Kevin just kind of picked things out and said, nope, our group doesn't need to do that, doesn't want to do that. We want to do this. We want to stay here. So this is a very different uh, Viva Italia because it was so customized for our group. We will talk about the experience on the normal Viva Italia, the regular Viva Italia, I should say, um, and how that compares to what to what we did. This was my first time doing the Viva Italia. Same for Dustin. Yeah. So we're spoiled. We're spoiled um, because this was the best Adventures by Disney trip I've ever taken. And this was my 16th. So that really, really says something. Um, Now, the Viva Italia trip normally uh, begins in uh, Rome, which is where ours also began. But the hotel that they stay at uh, now is the Gran Malaya Rome Hotel. Uh, The hotel we were in in Rome was the Bernini Bristol. And that was the hotel that Disney used until people complained that it didn't have a pool. So they moved it over to the Grand Malaya, Rome.
1: All of the Adventures by Disney trips are really aimed at families. So when they make these decisions, they take into account that any number of people, any number of uh, travelers might have children. Right. <laughs> I knew our trip. Because of the time of year we were going, was not going to draw children. We were yeah. going towards the end of September.
0: Right, we had no. It was an adults-only. It was
1: trip. an adults-only trip. I also, the vast majority of people on the adventure with us had traveled with us before. There were very, very few who hadn't been on a trip with us before. So I kind of took into account the people that were going.
0: Yeah, this was a very customized trip, but needless to say, mm-hmm. uh, many of the many of the events that took place, many of the things we got to see. In Rome, we were very similar to what you would do on the Viva Italia. For example, we do a VIP tour of the Colosseum, uh, which was a great experience. Uh, One of the things Kevin took out of our trip was an after-hours tour at the Vatican. Um,
1: The reason we didn't get to do that is because they built our trip special for us after all of the other trips had been set up. So there were no nighttime tours of the Vatican available.
2: Oh, okay. And we didn't specifically take that out. Did, right. That we was we actually wanted it to happen. It's just something that couldn't happen because of the timing of our trip.
1: So what we decided we would do was we would see if we could book that as an add on. And have a free morning in Rome and then do it at the the evening tour of the Vatican. And I can tell you that it is unbelievably expensive.
2: Oh
0: huh? Define uh, expensive for that tour?
2: Twelve hundred dollars a person. Twelve wow. hundred euros a person. Twelve hundred euros a person. Excuse me. Wow. Because there's a certain point. There's a certain point in these trips where there are things that are included that are not something that ABD is willing to pay for. Disney's not willing to pay for them. So I say, is, okay. You know what? Trim's unlimited travel will pay for it. Just let's figure it out. Let's work it out. You get your price, and I'll pay for it. And they said it was twelve hundred euros each, and
0: I went, oh, I don't never care. mind. So I mean, obviously, Disney themselves, when they do it, must be negotiating a much much better rate than that. Because I am certain that there's a better rate. That, that would be that would be a third, roughly, or a fourth of the cost of a you know the entire trip for one adult, uh, just for that tour. Uh, So that wasn't
1: something we took out. We just we couldn't get it because they actually built a trip for us that kind of layered on top of another trip. We were one day behind an actual adventure that went out with the ABD set up. Right. The fact that we built a customized trip and all of the days that we were in Rome that was out. So we did the daytime.
2: So now you guys did the. We didn't do the Vatican tour with you. We'd done it before and uh, something we decided to sit out. You guys did it. Did it feel like you were missing anything by not doing the nighttime? Well,
0: I'm going to get to that in a second. I just, I'm just kind of pointing out what some of the differences are in Rome that we did not do the after hours tour. Um, and I would have liked to, um, obviously less crowded. And that would be my, my first, uh, my first thing. Um, but the Vatican and, uh, basically your walking tour of Rome and your VIP experience at the Colosseum. Those are the highlights of, of what you do in Rome. Uh, what? I
3: was just—I was just wondering before we get too detailed into that kind of stuff. I didn't know if you wanted to show that video. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Why do I
0: always forget that? I don't know. Um, and he was working on this right up until the last minute last <laughs> night. So we're going to start out with a little—a uh, little video, a five-minute video uh, of an overview of our trip that uh, Dustin has put together. So let's go ahead and cut to that. No, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> Best trip ever. It was a great trip. It was a great trip. All right, so. As I said, our tour started in in Rome, and uh, of course, the VIP experience at the Colosseum um, is is awesome. Uh, when even doing it, Teresa and I had done it uh, when we did the Med cruise a few years ago, mm-hmm. and that experience when you're doing a tour of Rome uh, through the through the cruise ship like that. Um, I mean, it's a racing tour of Rome. You're, you've got about four or five hours to get through that city, and it's just not nearly enough time. And so this was really nice that we had this, you know, uh, first of all, you know, you, you, you walk in. There's no lines. You've got your own guide. For those not familiar uh, with Adventures by Disney, you have uh, two adventure guides that are with you for your entire trip. In this case, we had Dusty and Marco, who were both amazing. And then at each location, uh, in each city, you have what they call a step-on guide or a local guide uh, who conducts these tours. So I can't uh, – what was the uh, young lady's name? Uh, Christina. Christina. We had Christina
2: before. We love Christina.
0: She was fantastic. She was funny and, and awesome. these are these are licensed guides for the city, so they're – very knowledgeable about the city's history and she's uh, also gorgeous she is beautiful beautiful woman uh so christina uh takes us into the the coliseum and we get a chance to you know really spend some time unlike on our excursion where it was kind of like here's the coliseum, the here's outside by, the coliseum yeah. let's go um,
1: she also gives you the uh, there's a they take you in depth they give you the experience of the coliseum there's details that
0: you wouldn't know you know exactly exactly And, uh, you know, it gave, it gave me, especially, you know, in terms of how much I love uh, taking photos, uh, it gave me an opportunity to really take a lot of photos in there. And, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible experience. And you just, you know, in all of these places, especially around Italy, you're, you're in there and you're just like thinking about the history of what has taken place there over the centuries. And it's it's really it's it's pretty stunning.
1: I there's a quote inside the Coliseum. There are quotes along the wall of famous people. Mm-hmm. And the f- with the first time I went in, there's a quote from Thomas Jefferson, and he says something along the lines of, you know, this is in remarkable shape for a two thousand year old building. And you think it was two thousand years old when Thomas Jefferson saw him. Right, exactly. And to us, that's like
0: that's our history. You now, know. Before I forget, there is something I want to mention. I, I do want to give a plug here uh, for a company in. In Italy, um, Dustin and I got to Italy uh, about five days before the trip started, uh, the ABD trip started, and uh, I had hired a company called Your Tour in Italy. That's their name, yourtourinitaly.com, uh, to pick us up from the airport and bring us to our hotel, but also to do a day trip to uh, Positano in the Amalfi Coast and on to Pompeii. And we had a driver named Emiliano, who's now friends with me on Facebook, and he's actually coming out to Orlando. He and his wife are coming out to Orlando uh, in in January, so I'm very, very excited we're going to see them again. And we ended up becoming great friends with Emiliano and his wife. He was amazing. And if you are going to do this trip or you're going to Rome at all, I cannot recommend these guys highly enough. And if you don't believe me, just go to TripAdvisor, look up your tour in Italy and see the hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews they have. That's why I picked them because they were so well-rated in TripAdvisor. And then when we we used them, it was like, okay, now I get it. This They really are that good. Emiliano was amazing. He is the quintessential Italian and he knows the city. And, and Emiliano uh, also... We ended up hiring him like kind of very last minute. Poor Teresa's falling asleep.
4: No, I'm okay, I'm listening.
0: Um, And we had hired him at the last minute to do uh, for Dustin, myself, and uh, Mike Holland, who was on the trip with us. We wanted to do some night photography around Rome, but walking around Rome, especially at night, is kind of difficult. Not that it's unsafe, it's just, you know, it's a big city.
1: And And everything is cobblestone, everything.
0: Exactly. So we hired Emiliano to take us around, and he gave us the most unbelievable nighttime tour of, of Rome, and we got some spectacular photographs that uh, we'll be putting up, probably putting up on Facebook. Um, this is one of them for those of you watching on video. Uh, this is the... Uh, Pantheon. The Pantheon. And... Uh, we just and Emiliano was there, like helping us with our tripods. Oh yeah, and you know all this other. So he was great, full was, service, and yeah. knows knew all the right spots to take us. Knew all the right spots to take us. So, if you are going to Rome, and I, I can't recommend this company enough. Uh, transfers from the airport, tours anywhere around Italy, um, and just and just amazing. And ask for Emiliano. Uh, it's a great company, and so I wanted to get that that plug in.
1: Now, if you're going with adventures by Disney transfers from the airport are included. True. So unless you're going in early and again, if you book your extra nights with adventures by Disney transfers are still included. So right. if you book additional pre nights, pre or post nights, transfers are included. See, and I didn't book,
0: I didn't book my pre pre nights through adventures by Disney. Cause I was going in so much earlier. So <laughs> I arranged my own transfers. Um, but if let's say you're not going on adventures by Disney, you're going to Rome. You need transfers from the airport. Your tour in Italy. You want to tour around Rome, or you want to t- go from Rome to any of the places around. I think it was about four hours to uh, Pompeii. Yeah. Um, it was a long drive, but it was a great drive. Um, they're a great company. So anyway, we got our tour of the Colosseum, and then something we did not get to do on the on the ABD Med cruise add-on was take the walk up to the Palatine Hill. And go up in that area and see the ruins of up in the forum, the old forum. Oh. Um, see where uh, Julius Caesar was <laughs> cremated. Um, the mound is still there where Julius Caesar was cremated. Wow! And again, you have this local guide with you who is telling you all the history and all and, you know. And these guides are amazing because they make it they make it come alive and they make it so compelling. And that. You
3: know, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, more than the the Colosseum, I think the forum like stood out to me as I can see the history here. I can see the people walking through the streets. And what I kept feeling, especially in Rome with all the the actual Roman ruins, the feeling I kept leaving with was almost a hint of anger like why aren't these better preserved like why has this happened over time i want to see it i want to see it like the way it was back in the day and it's i crave that and that was cool to be able to kind
0: of feel that well you, the you do when you go to the vatican you kind of see it because a lot of the marble that was taken off of the Colosseum, because the Colosseum yeah. at one point was all marble and a lot of the marble that was, ta- that was harvested from the Colosseum was used to from build Vatican City. From what I understand, City. the
1: steps going up to St. Peter's Basilica uh, is the marble from the Colosseum.
0: Yeah, um, so that's where some of it was. Great. You're walking on it. Um, <laughs> the other highlight, uh, speaking of the Vatican, the other highlight of, of Rome certainly is going to the Vatican. And again, on a shore excursion,
4: oh, you are so basically sad.
0: dragged through the Vatican um, at a breakneck pace. Uh, and brought into the sistine chapel um and while we went in during normal business hours we had a lot more time walking through the vatican museum
4: yeah we ran through that yeah
0: the- <laughs> i can only imagine oh it was i was so I w- angry i'd stop
4: and i'd be everybody be gone and they'd be rushing me along i just want to look at you know <laughs> let me look at some of it and-,
0: and we had a we had a bit more time on this tour but again the vatican is as i'm sure you can imagine the Vatican is very, very, very popular and very, very, very busy. This place was jammed with tourists, and it always is. So that's why I think, you know, this night tour, after hours, when the Vatican is closed, and it's basically just you uh, and your group, you know, must be, be an amazing, amazing oh, it's, experience. It's a very PJs. small group. I think
1: they limited it to 40 people. Yeah. You to get a uh, the, when, we, when we set this trip up, that was in order to customize the trip the way we wanted that was one of the things that we had to let go of
2: the thing though about the when you guys did it we set out we didn't want to do it again but when you guys did it you are brought with your tour guide to the front of the line there is this big long line down oh yeah get. this is line that's Vatican 3 sense.
0: hours long literally yeah.
2: yeah and the abd guide and your local guide they know how to get to the front of the line they have front of line access they get you in um Your guide, Christina, our guide, Christina, knows all the other guides. So there's a little bit of competition there, a little bit of friendly competition. It
0: was. She was very protective of our group. Oh boy! And there was a, that one guy that she was she was ready to cut this woman. You guys She's all have headsets, headsets,
2: and you hear her.
0: <laughs> she was yeah. She was going after other guides because one, one group cut in front of us to see a statue,
3: I believe. And <clears throat> and she we could hear on the headsets she should know better. She's been
0: guiding here. And for then, 20 but then years and... you hear her yelling at this woman in Italian. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's really um, a
2: lioness. She's oh, just, yeah. she's You are... her So Rude. that's part of the ABD experience is that, you know, these guys are taking care of you. You become that's part right. of that, you know, protective bubble that's Disney, but it's outside. And
1: not just the step-on guides. You are coddled by these two gentlemen.
0: Oh, yeah. The guy the yeah. ABD guides were... Un- I can't say enough about these two, especially Dusty, Dusty who, in my opinion, um I think there's a pretty considered opinion because I've been on so many of these... Dusty Atha is the best guide Adventures by Disney has and I don't say that lightly and that's not saying that there are bad guides because there are not I haven't come across a bad guide yet with Adventures by Disney so (laughs) Dusty really is the best of the best and we'll get to it in a little bit how far out of their way they went to accommodate our group Hmm. um, with some flight issues that we had I just Um, want to say something
1: we traveled with some folks who were hesitant these are personal friends of ours who we talked into going, and they couldn't understand why this was such a big deal to have guides in ABD, and why couldn't we have just done this on our own? And I said, well, you, can we talk after? And they are complete converts in. Oh, well, now we get it.
0: <laughs> oh, no. well, and we see that a lot, though. Right. A lot of people kind of look at ABD from the outside and don't really understand it. Um, and then once they do it, they're like, okay, now I get it. Now, I'm
1: All you have to do is stand and watch people dragging their luggage through cobblestone streets in Rome,
0: and you think,
3: okay. Do you guys ever have that moment after the ABD is over, and you think to
0: yourself, who do I go to to get what I want now? Well, that's what, yeah, that happened to us, because we spent extra days in Venice. And, you know, once, you know, when you have 10 days of having two personal concierge with you everywhere you go, um, and then they're gone. You're like, okay, what do I do now? That's, that's Our friends
1: I, traveled on, and they had a considerable amount of luggage, and all of a sudden, you have to make sure the luggage is on the train, you have to make sure the luggage is off the train. Uh, Where with ABD, you get on the train, and you look out the window,
2: and you get off, and you go to your hotel, or a gondola ride, or a,
0: very difficult to put a price tag on that convenience. We
2: almost always book pre stuff. Whenever we do on these trips, we always do the pre-thing on our own, because we know once you get off that trip, you're spoiled, and it's very difficult to get around and and deal with that on your own.
0: So we ended up spending, uh, was it uh, three days in Rome? The trip spends three days in Rome. Right. We We the the first The first day, quote-unquote, is the welcome dinner Mm -hmm. that night, which was beautiful. We had it at the restaurant on the top of the Bernini Bristol Hotel. Again, that's not normal for the regular Viva Italia. This was what we did. And, and the we
1: reason had, we chose that hotel is for its location.
0: Yeah, it's a great location. Great it's hotel. a nice hotel, it was a very, very nice comfortable hotel. hotel.
1: But the location you're within walking distance of a great deal.
0: So And we had a you know a beautiful view of the city from the mm-hmm. restaurant on top of the Bernini Bristol. And uh, You could see
2: St. Peter's. Really?
0: Very good, very good okay. food as well. As the
1: sun set, it was beautiful.
0: Then our, our first full day was uh, the Coliseum.
2: Was it, the first, first full day we call the first full day the marathon.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: Someone How had a they, counter, and what was it, five point something miles? You guys did that first. Yes. Day? Are they bussing
4: yeah. you around, or no. you're walking? Well, oh, they're bussing like we you did. from the
2: hotel to the Colosseum. Uh, the then the you get farm. out and you walk the Colosseum, you walk the Forum, and the bus is waiting for you. And we go to lunch, and then so there's buses from location to location, but, but still a right lot of walking. walking, especially when you do a walking tour of Rome, because yeah. you see the Trevi Fountain and you see the Spanish right, Steps. Right, because that's you,
4: what we did. But there was the bus just dropped us off, and we didn't see that bus. No, this for long. Time That's on rough. the DVD. It was just running the streets of Rome,
0: right? Exactly. And then we did. Uh, was it the Vatican? Was it the Vatican the day we did? No, it wasn't the Vatican. The day we did uh, Colosseum. Vatican, Vatican, that the next, the next day. day. Um,
1: Vatican day is um, no I'm sorry the Colosseum day is the Colosseum the forum then the walking tour which takes into account the Pantheon the Spanish steps the Trevi fountain
0: that's the part that we left to go to Louis Vuitton
1: right and <laughs> unfortunately the Trevi fountain is under um,
0: Three Hamps. still ham. I understand Fendi is Oh there. no now it we could at least go, you know go around it and take pictures and stuff yeah. when we were there now it's all scaffolding.
4: Oh, no. Oh, it's terrible. There's a walkway but where you the, can walk across. The Spanish the Steps were messed up. When the we were Spanish there. Steps okay
1: have been now? in with scaffolding since 2006.
4: <laughs> yeah, what's... I've never yeah.
1: seen them without, without scaffolding.
4: Because we just about walked past it, and I had our guide. And I kind said, of no, don't I'm, understand I'm they're just steps. steps. You're going to wait for me.
0: <laughs> well, we went over by the Spanish Steps, but that's because that's where Louis Vuitton and Hermes <laughs> were, were, were. So we went shopping.
2: They're important, too. They're, they are. They did Adventures by Kevin.
0: <laughs> or they went shopping. Yeah, exactly.
2: But with, with, <clears throat> we talk about how Kevin and I didn't do this thing or we broke off and did this thing. That's one of the great things about Adventures by Dis- Disney. You can do everything – Kevin says it very well. You pay for everything. You don't have to do everything. You You pay pay for every
1: part of the trip. You don't have to participate in any of it. You only have to be at the spot where the transportation takes you from one point to another.
2: However, the the really great thing is that the guides are always looking out for you. Hmm? So it's always like, where are you going to be? Where do you want to meet us? Can you meet us here? We're going to look for you there. We're going to do this. It's never a point where you think, oh no, I'm lost in this big city and I, I don't know what to do. They're always sort of there with you. They give you their cell phone numbers, they're really in contact with you, so we had, that's why we're, we're more willing to do that. We're more willing to go and explore on our own and do it at our own
1: pace. And again, while we've had these experiences, going off on our own, we just get different experiences.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. So our second, our, our third day technically in Rome was, was the Vatican. And, again, this is—I I think we were at the Vatican a good solid three.
2: You guys were there, like, all morning.
0: Three, four hours. I mean, we
2: get up at the crack of dawn.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're up early, and <laughs> get you, over you get over there, and you kind of get a—they they take you out to this one courtyard area where you have this amazing view of the dome of St. Peter's Basilica. I'm pretty sure we have a picture in the—as uh, Craig—
2: And one of the reasons why nope, they take you to that— one. Nope. And one of the reasons why they take you there is because not only is it a magnificent way of seeing it and getting an overview of it. That that's, is no, that's Florence. Florence. Oh, that's Florence. You get to see the,
0: uh, it's just, what oh, they're my doing Vatican, to I sort could, of hold it together. I don't think I put the Vatican photos on that drive, sorry. Okay. We'll put them online, facebook.com slash you'll have them. Um, but they take us out to, have, we have this beautiful view, and take some pictures. They call it the Pinecone Courtyard. Pine, uh, right, exactly. And then we get to walk through the Vatican Museum. And that's just yeah. absurd. It's absurd, the art that is in there, that the Vatican has. It's the largest
2: art collection in the world.
3: Bigger it's, than the Louvre, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be. It,
2: and that's only what they're showing you. Yeah, That's right. not like what's in the Pope's apartment. <laughs> you know, that's what they're willing to show you. He's got and, an Andy Warhol poster.
0: And this leads on to um, the, the, the highlight of the Vatican in many ways for me, the Sistine Chapel. Uh, which uh, is, it's it's a very uh, you know I, I want to say religious experience, but not in the sense that it's just religious. It's just the the scope the scope incredible. of it, the, the the art, the history, the provenance. Of, it's just ridiculous. It's
2: my father, not- my father asked me. He said, "Do you feel religion when you go there? Do you feel religious?" I said, "I feel the." The uh, ambition and the scope of what man can accomplish. This is what someone can accomplish who has the vision to do it. But
0: who is in, who's inspired right, right. by their faith. Right. It's, you it's know, inspiration and, or
2: something. But this is what I, I take out of this art and this uh, uh,
0: sculpture. Well, that stuff. was one of the things that I noticed that, that I felt was that all of this <laughs> beauty, and some people will call it opulence and, it, you know, in some ways it is. But it's beautiful, it's art, and it's inspired by faith. Uh, whatever, whether you believe or not, it's inspired by faith. And that in and of itself is worthy of respect. That, you know, you think about Michelangelo's faith. that, also, that was what inspired him to create some of these amazing works of art.
2: And there's also interpretation of faith, <clears throat> is how he's interpreted it. But right. I mean, it's just the amount of work that he did and what he was able to accomplish
0: and uh, well, not just him so many artists right. i mean so but, many I mean, artists are represented I mean, there you talk
2: with the sistine chapel this is his work and when you get in there and at first i don't know about you you guys but when we first got there we were surprised at how small it was we thought it was going to be a much bigger area we thought it was going to be this giant church this it, and i don't mean
1: to be i'm by no means disrespectful it's about the size of a high school basketball court
3: that's true i will say however and i think i even mentioned this to you kevin while we were there When you, I had heard you guys talk about this on previous shows about this trip. My, so my expectations were set even lower. I thought it was going to be teeny tiny. It was, so therefore it was much Much bigger bigger than than I expected. Also, on the art, as a person who has done several, several, several art history classes in my college career, it's like, I saw my entire past. I was like, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that.
1: It's some of the most recognizable art in the world. Yeah. And every time I'm there, I think the same thing. I would like you all to leave, and I would like a pillow and a blanket. Yeah. And I just (laughs) want to lay on the floor for an hour and be allowed to look around.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: A great tip that I learned on my very first trip is if you're going to the Sistine Chapel, have a hand mirror in your pocket. And you can sit and look down where everybody else is trying to at least crane their neck to see up, carry a small hand mirror with you, and you can look at every inch of the, the ceiling of the system.: yeah. If
0: you take out your phone, Oof. they are on you like white on rice. You are not allowed to take photographs. You are not allowed to talk, um, and constantly, <laughs> they don't want talking, but those guards will shout Silencio. at you if they hear you, if they hear you talking. Uh, that well, I, is not about, and that's not even just about respect. That's about the the vibration of the voices of that many people that regularly well, crack the plaster. cracks the plaster. This is now, a fresco,
1: uh, is right? A and plaster. you have to figure. I mean, how many people would you say were in this basketball court with you? A lot, four hundred, five hundred. Yeah. yeah. So it's very, very crowded. It's very, um, and they do ask you. They actually ask you. We had one guard tell us that. If you didn't talk, respiration from your breath would. If by not talking, made it less humid in the Sistine Chapel, yeah. and I'm, that might be. Cool. No,
0: right. But then, <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interestingly, cool. interestingly cool. at yeah. one point, at one point, a priest came up onto there's like a little stage set up, um, and a priest came up and gave a blessing in Italian, and oh, that's never, that was cool. Was really cool. Yeah. Really cool and that it is was very cool. And, you know, it's like, oh, my, you know. And again, that's, you know, I'm not Catholic, but I most of my family is. And, you know, there's, there, there's just this, um, let me put it to you this way. Uh, to some, on, on some level, going through the Vatican Museum, seeing the Sistine Chapel, going to St. Peter's Basilica kind of makes you want to be Catholic a little bit. Because um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool.
4: I found it, when we were there, I found it very, obviously, emotional and draining. When I came out, I was just drained. Just what's from- funny
2: is, because growing up Catholic, it reminds me of why I don't want to be Catholic. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because this is all built for intimidation and for suppressing the masses and showing you how opulent God is. We're getting into a whole big religious conversation, <laughs> yeah. but this is what it's designed for. So going see, into it reminded me of why I don't like. Okay, let's talk, Change the I you. don't. Did you see it from the outside?
0: See what? The, the Sistine Chapel. No. It's so oh, nondescript. In the courtyard. It's, a, it's just
1: a brick building, it's and you totally think, not what you think. It's no, here. it's just that when you're standing in front of St. Peter's, it's off to your right, and up a little bit, and you think, oh, it's so nondescript from outside. Yeah,
0: it's
2: like a little tiny sliver mm-hmm. of the building. It's really
0: cool. Well, from there we go into St. Uh, St. Peter's. Uh, Basilica, which I, I think is one of the most stunning places you can ever step foot in. And of course, you know, the highlight is the Pietà, the uh, the Virgin Mother holding Christ. Michelangelo's uh, sculpture. Michelangelo's sculpture. Um, Without
1: taking away any of the religious aspect of it, it might be the most stunning piece of sculpture really is. in the world. Yeah, there is, It's always been my favorite. He carves... Cloth, draped cloth, and while you're standing there looking at it, you're pretty sure you could lift it up and shake it out.
0: And it is the only piece of art that Michelangelo, Michelangelo, excuse me, we corrected on that several times, Michelangelo ever signed. Um, It's the only piece of his art that he ever signed, and he chiseled his name in it, and I'll put it in the gallery. I've got a pic, I was able to get a picture close enough with my son. One of the things about this trip
2: is you see things that I don't know about you guys, but the first time we did this trip, I never thought in my lifetime I would see. No, yeah. I never thought I would see these things. And to see all these things kind of boom, 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 boom in a row, it's incredible.
1: Where David is out, and you can actually walk 360 degrees around him, the Pieta is behind bulletproof glass and lasers. Mm. Well, that's
0: because somebody went after it with a hammer. In
1: in the United States.
0: Oh, was it in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. I thought it was there. I believe
1: it was when it it was No,
0: I think it was there. I don't
1: think so. I think it was at... uh, Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium.
0: Okay. I thought it was there at St. The, at the, at Peter's. Took the hammer
1: to the toes of...
0: Yeah, went after it. That's
1: well, wherever it was. It's now behind. You cannot see it from the back. Yeah. You cannot get the 360 degree, yeah. which is a shame because it's just as magnificent all the way around.
0: Exactly. Um, the other thing I do like about the, uh, the time in Rome is that they do give you ample time on your own mm-hmm. to go and explore. So you have time. Uh, there's a few meals on your own. uh, Just to
1: take a step, the the only thing we didn't change about, or the only thing we changed in Rome was the hotel. The hotel. Everything else, we think Rome, the ABD trip in Rome is perfect.
0: And, you know, something to just advise everybody uh, in terms of food in Italy, it's all Italian. (laughs) Um, It's not like other metropolitan cities around the world where you're going to find Chinese and Thai and this and that and a good steakhouse and things like that. No. No it's pretty much all Italian restaurants all the time. So, and Italians have a, um, have a certain way in Rome. I I saw this more in Rome than I did anywhere else in Italy. Uh, dinner is a three hour Mm -hmm. event and it's multiple courses and service is not what it is here in the U S it's not the same level of service. Uh, they have a much more, I'll be charitable, a much more relaxed attitude uh, toward, toward service. And uh, once your food comes, good luck finding your waiter.
3: Yep, he's done his job.
0: Um, and actually, a lot of people suggest that when you're ready for the bill because you can't find your waiter, get up and act like you're getting ready to leave. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he shows up. Um, one restaurant, it took us almost 40 minutes to get our check. Um, well,
1: a lot of the culture in Europe, they think it's rude. They think they feel they're rushing you, that you actually have right, to Right, but ask when I for ask check.
0: for it, when I ask for the check and it still takes 40 minutes to get it, now they're being rude. But that was that was rare. That was rare. Yeah. But it's just a very very different uh it's a very very different uh, uh style of service. And in the tourist areas uh pretty much everyone you run into is going to speak English. If you venture out of tourist areas, like one night we went out to dinner with Emiliano and his wife, and we went to a more local restaurant in mm-hmm. Rome, they didn't speak any English at all. And we saw that to be true in a lot of places. We knew if we were in a tourist place or off the tourist path, because if they weren't speaking a lot of English or their English was very broken, we were off the tourist path. Mm-hmm. And we found this in Venice, too. We like discovered some little local places in Venice. Uh, and... So it's they're very accustomed to Americans um, and American sensibilities, but it's still very much Italian. Yeah.
1: They also know if you're eating before nine or nine thirty, right. that you're an American. Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, expect expect a dinner in Rome to go on for a little while, and to eat a lot of food, and I, you really should enjoy pasta.
3: It's you the really best should enjoy pasta because
0: it's pretty much it is. It's great. It's amazing, but. It's everywhere. It's pretty much we ate pasta for a month. And prosciutto. <laughs> and prosciutto. Yeah, exactly.
4: Sounds like heaven to me. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so from from Rome, the normal Viva Italia goes to Tuscany.
2: Tuscany. Well, on the way to Tuscany.
0: We stop in Orvieto. Stop in Orvieto. But it goes to Tuscany, whereas we went to Florence with a stop in Orvieto for a few hours. We have lunch in Orvieto, and we got a chance to get out and do some shopping at a ceramic shop that John and Kevin found on one of their earlier the trips. One. And Kevin ordered everyone on this trip do not purchase ceramics anywhere else.
1: A lot of the ceramics, you'll see, Arvieto is known for their ceramics, and a lot of the stuff you see is mass produced. And the first time we went there, we met this woman. I kind thought she was crazy. She came out with a set of kitchen shears and dragged it across the, the platter. And I said, well, I thought her stuff was a little pricey, and I said, I'm going to look around. And she said, go ahead. You'll be back. And then you would go from shop to shop and see the exact same stuff everywhere. And you thought, oh, my gosh, she was right. So the name of the place is Sarah Mish Giacomino, and it's on um, Piazza del Duomo. It's at the top of the hill in Orvieto, right across from the Duomo. She looks a little bit like um, Julia Child and it's a family owned business they do all their own hand painting everything is hand painted i believe painted. she said
0: this was the 6th generation well, of her family that, uh, that is doing this and it's everything is made uh, and you can tell because i mean i got several pieces and like you know i got some those place settings we were talking about
2: They're all a little bit different
0: and even though it's all part of the same set each piece is a little bit different it's yeah. depicting the exact same scene Hand painted, but they're all hand painted and signed and things like that. It's not, you know, it's not mass produced. John and I consider this absolute art, and our house is filled
1: with it. I mean, we have a bunch of it after four trips there. Um, She had a very good day.
4: (laughs) I was gonna ask, but I mean, you don't have to give me prices, but what are we talking about? There uh,
1: there were 30 people on our trip, and I'm gonna guess on that day.
2: Would you guess twenty-eight, twenty-nine thousand dollars, twenty-nine thousand euros at spend? least? At least so you can get anything from a cup that might be ten or fifteen euros. Yeah, up like to I a very large. Look. Yeah, you get a coffee cup up to very large urns and pieces, which are multiple thousands of euros. Right. So there's a runs the gamut of prices, and you can find something for everybody there. But it's and people bought gifts,
4: and they ship obviously.
0: They and do. If you spend they ship well. Two hundred
1: euros. They ship for free.
0: Which is not hard to do.
1: When I tell you, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that we got a crate <sighs> that we just got our shipment the other day, and this was from the middle of September, that would cover the top of this table.
3: It's like yeah. the thing at the beginning of Jurassic Park that
0: holds the raptor. That's
3: right.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> Someone mentioned the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. yeah. <laughs> the, I, I, got a, I had bought a large piece. that's hanging on the wall in my, mm, uh, my dining room. And that came in this massive pallet. I mean, you know, this poor DHL guy, you know, um, taking that off the the truck. He's like, I don't know what you got in here. The man told us, I'm going to leave this in your driveway.
2: (laughs) Um, Ceramic shopping aside, Orvieto is one of my favorite styles. It's
0: beautiful. What a lovely little town. Beautiful, uh, scenic. Um, it's like quaint. something out of The Godfather. It, I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, it is definitely being transported back in time to another world. It's just incredible. I need, from the, f- the funicular that carries you up the mountain, to just the the way it's sort of a medieval.
1: Someone who sells ABD, I feel I need to step in for a second. Uh, normally, this trip takes you out to Tuscany and you stay at a Tuscan um, resort, which is uh, kind of usually remote. We chose to not do that. What happens is they feel that families, because Rome is so busy and because the rest of the trip is so busy, they take you out to a Tuscan resort where there's a pool and there's activities, and you have a day of rest. I felt our group was well-traveled enough that if they needed to rest, they could sleep in the hotel. So we stayed in – our next stop was when we went to Florence. We stayed in Florence. That's where this trip really started to differ greatly. I, the, the trip takes you out, and you stay at the resort at night, and you come back into Florence. Then you go back to the resort, so and then you have a day of just relaxation at the resort. I didn't think anybody in our group would be happy with that.
0: Right. Day five of the normal Viva Italia is in, you, know, you stop at Orvieto, and then you're in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And then day six is your day in Florence. And I think you had said you have about two or three hours on your own. Well,
1: there's the walking tour of Florence, and then there's an activity where you make your own pasta, and then they cook the pasta, and you eat the pasta, and then there are usually two buses. There's a bus that's- well, you see
2: the David as well.
1: You see the David. That's all part of the walking tour. Right. But then they'll tell you you have two hours on your own in Florence. Or, now this is in the past. It, I haven't been on one since we've done this, but they would say to you, if you want to stay later, there will be a second bus but you should bring food back with you because the restaurant and the kitchen has closed at the resort. So you can stay a couple of extra hours. Now the difference is, uh, when you leave Tuscany, it's an hour, hour and a half drive to Florence, but then the bus has to park outside of the city because the bus is not allowed into the historic center. So there's a half-hour walk. And I thought for our group, I didn't want to spend that time doing that. No. So we stayed in Florence.
0: We had the basically three days in Florence, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And it that was... That was very important And we were staying at... The, we stayed at West. the Westin uh, Excelsior. Excelsior, which... I also want to make this recommendation. If you're an American traveling in Europe, Weston is a really good option. Weston, and not I'm not saying Starwood, because I stayed in the St. Regis in Rome that was horrible. Um, the Westons, though, that we stayed in, because I stayed in a Weston in Florence, I stayed in a Weston in, in Venice, um, they were more reasonably priced than some of the other options that were out there. Um, they understand American tastes, yep. and they cater to American tastes without pandering. And This was
2: a
1: very Italian experience with American
0: sensibility. Exactly. That's the best way to put it, that they don't sacrifice the fact that you're in Italy. They don't try and make it seem like you're in America. They put some of those touches in, the heavenly beds, the coffee they serve, the sorts of food that's available the to good you. good Wi-Fi. Good Wi-Fi. She's not joking.
1: It, things things like important.
0: that. Things like that. But a still very Italian, um, and an it absolutely was very gorgeous, opulent palazzo. Oh, oh gorgeous gosh, hotel! Yeah. Um, and
1: it's right on the Arno, so the Ponte Vecchio is down a half a mile. Right, and yeah. it's all very walkable.
0: And and that's the other thing I loved about being in Florence like this was that we had this time to really explore, and we did. God almighty, we did so much walking in Florence.
3: Especially when uh, we got together with some of the other folks in our group and we're like going around taking photos and stuff like that. We, we explored
0: all over the place. Yeah, we did a lot of night photography this trip. We, we went out with our cameras and there were other folks on the on the tour that went with us. And uh, right now, for mm-hmm. those watching, that's a, uh, a, a long exposure of the Ponte Vecchio that we took. Um, that I took. Excuse me. Um, Bless you. Thank you. And we just kind of walked around, and I think there's a few other photos in there, a few other night shots that.
1: I don't mean to belabor this point, but it was very important for me, to, to me, for this group to
2: have time. To do what, anything they wanted. Right. If you wanted to take pictures, if you wanted to eat, if you wanted to shop. I didn't think our group Florence. needed
1: to rest. Yeah. If you needed to rest, you had the option.
0: Exactly, exactly. But
1: I didn't think it, our group needed an enforced rest. Right. I also took out the pasta-making class, which while families might find that wonderful, I also knew our group. And we added things to our trip. Uh, Adventures by Disney had tickets to the Uffizi Gallery for anybody that wanted to go. And the Uffizi Gallery is very difficult to get at times, mm-hmm. Like the Vatican, there can be a three- or four-hour wait. Everybody had a timed ticket if they wanted to go. That was available to them. So those things I added. I took out the cooking and I added the Uffizi (laughs) Gallery. But no one was, no one, the tickets were only there
0: if you wanted them. Right, exactly. So, yeah, like I said, we went and we did a lot of night photography with some other folks on the tour. Uh, uh, One of the things that Florence is absolutely known for, of course, is the leather uh, some of the best leather in the world. And it just so happened right across the the courtyard from our hotel was a shop called uh, Bottega Giotti. And this is a family owned business. It's been in business for, I think he said a hundred and some odd years. Uh, they make everything right there. There's like a little place upstairs where they make all the, the jackets and the (coughs) bags and, and the most gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous leather. And, uh, just shopping, just going into a lot of these shops around uh, around Florence. We just found some some awesome awesome things. I discovered a great new cologne, the uh, Aqua de Elba.
3: Yeah, we found uh, a cool camera
0: shop there. We found yeah, there was a, a a a shop that that dealt in predominantly secondhand cameras, and I got myself a, a new camera that used slightly, very slightly used camera. Dustin got himself a, an old 1970s Pentax film camera, yeah. which he took some amazing pictures with.
1: I have to tell you, Florence, uh, I you know how you said you could feel the history in Rome? Yeah. I find Rome frantic. It's new, brand new, sparkly mm-hmm. new just yesterday new and very, very old, and I find the whole thing... It's New York City with
2: ruins.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And while I love seeing it, I'm always... I don't know if it's relief or I'm always okay with leaving Rome. It's, It's very, very busy. I find that Florence... I can feel the history in Florence. I can see the history. I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. I can see those That's people true. walking around in their robes. The streets, you know, the buildings look. I just love it.
0: Because it still looks like that.
1: Right. There's also, you know, they shopping everywhere.
0: You never know what you're going to find in Florence. Um, and, well, you have a you have a jeweler in Florence that you routinely use.
1: Well, it's a wholesale jeweler. It's all Italian. They only sell Italian designers and someone showed it to us and this is a place that you would never ever find um it's nondescript it's kind of like something out of 1970s heist movie you
2: have to be buzzed in
1: right you have to go up in an elevator or climb the stairs and they buzz you in but it's a wholesale jeweler and we've taken several groups of people there and i won't mention any names but one lady on our trip this was her second trip to italy with us the last trip she bought a very beautiful necklace And her husband went back and surprised her with a bracelet. And she kept saying, do you think I'm getting the best price? Am I getting the best price? In between the two trips, we went on a cruise that they were on, and we were in Grand Cayman. And she found, you know, jewelry in the Caribbean is always supposed to be less. And she found the same exact necklace and bracelet, and each piece was about 900 US dollars more than she paid for it in Italy.
4: Oh, wow. So, this shop, there's no storefront? You've got to be buzzed in? Like the forbidden right. no, no experience? experience or there's,
1: there's little letters on the building, and the letters are COI.
0: So, some great shopping in Florence, some great history in Florence. Of course, the highlight for me going to see the David. Um, which they now allow photographs of. So I was very happy to be able to take pictures uh, in there. was breathtaking. Because for the longest time, they didn't allow it. And it is an absolutely singular experience.
1: You turn that corner and you walk down. And as soon as you turn the corner, your, you, you, your breath catches because you think, oh my
3: gosh, there it is. There it is. And it's bigger um, than you could possibly imagine. Right. And
1: now they're letting you take pictures. We were...
3: Just talking
0: this before
1: that they're not sure that David will survive in its current state. His ankles are um, very delicate weak. enough right. that old. it might collapse mm-hmm. under its own weight. Mm-hmm. So they said they're going to allow people to take pictures because eventually they might have to put a cage around it mm-hmm. in order to secure him. Wow. His ankles are very very thin.
0: Well, I'm glad There's, I got so many great pictures. <laughs> I got. So, I, I I just could. I was afraid that like they would change the policy at some point and I, or I may never get back again so I, I I'm not kidding I think I took 200 pictures of the David <laughs> I mean details on the face I think I've got his nostrils in one that picture incredible. Um, the first time
1: we went there was a little red velvet ropes around him and you could walk right up and touch the base you could touch uh, his toes and now they've built a glass barricade that you have to stay back by six or seven eight feet yeah. something like that
0: yeah. So, I mean, absolutely one of the highlights of visiting Florence, uh, the David. And, of course, there's the Duomo, um, this amazing church. I think you have a – yeah, go back. That, that's it right there. Um, this – I mean, there's nothing understated. Did you go in the Duomo? I did not. The, from what I understand, the outside is this yes. beautiful, ornate picture that we're showing you right now. But uh, inside – Apparently not quite as impressive. Oh, I
1: just saw a picture. I believe Christy Hertz uh, was on the. Bo- She's done a trip report on the Disboards about this trip, and I think she showed a picture of it. I've never been inside because I thought this. Oh my gosh, light? it's gorgeous.
2: No. See, the, usually, oh, is it? I thought somebody said it was kind usually of. Usually, churches in Italy are like that. The outside is gorgeous, and the inside is a little bit more
0: plain. Did you see the church uh, in the square that where we were staying? Yeah, we
2: walked past it that night. And it was the, open. Oh, yeah. It was the outside was. You know, it was, was kind pretty, of pretty, pl- but it wasn't
0: kind of mm-hmm. plain by by European standards or by Italian standards. <laughs> but you go, pop your head inside, you're like, oh my god! Yeah, it was incredible.
1: You know the incredible. restaurant we ate in? Did you see the church next to it? That
2: looked very, no, very. No, they beautiful. didn't join us oh. for dinner that night. We made a special dinner. Something we did. Wait,
1: before you go on, uh, the other great thing about the Duomo is you get to see the baptistry doors. Yes, and the baptistry doors are these carved relief doors, and they believe that the baptistry doors are the beginning. Of the Renaissance, the person who did that used forced perspective yeah. and things like that, and they feel that's the beginning of the Renaissance. That's the beginning, the the first example of Renaissance art.
0: It's absolutely right, but the ones that are out there are not the real ones. They're, yeah, they're, replicas. Replicas. they're replicas.
1: The real ones have been put away. Yep, they wrapped them in tissue paper.
0: Safekeeping. <laughs> so what were you going to say?
2: I say one of the things we did on this trip that not all uh, trips do is we arranged a special dinner for our group. Uh, it was at a restaurant that we enjoyed in the past. So we asked ABD, can you pull this off for us? And we all had dinner there together. It was very nice. It was a really nice time. Unfortunately, the first <laughs> time Kevin and I went, we met the owner. And he had since retired, and we didn't sort of have the same experience. The food was really good. It was a great time. It was A nice. lot of people had a good time. But it's it wasn't what I had hoped we were going to capture for that experience. But it was fantastic. And the fantastic.
1: amazing thing is it's right at the San Lorenzo Leather Market.
2: And what Kevin is saying is you're right next to the church that... Um, they later explained to us was the Church of the Medici family. That's where they went for their services. They were the ruling family in Florence. That's at where the they're buried. And it's also where Michelangelo housed the David while he was carving it.
0: Well, the Medici's were the was were were his patrons.
2: Right, they were his patrons. Sure. And he wouldn't let anyone in, even them.
1: <laughs> so that's
2: you know sort of part of this whole incredible history of the town.
1: And as you're walking by and you're shopping at the leather market, it's. A little bit overwhelming to realize you're standing next to the Medici Church where Mike Michelangelo carved the David, and right. you know, you're know right. you buying a purse.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> one of the other things that we did on this trip that was very different, we changed it just for this trip, is we arranged on one of the days that we were staying in Florence to go out to Pisa. It was about an hour and a half bus ride. Uh, Adventures by Disney was very generous and let us use our bus that we had the whole time. So I would say how many people? Twenty-five people. I would say
1: yeah, twenty or twenty-five. I don't remember the exact number joined us. We thought we were going to be the only ones on the
0: bus, but a lot of <laughs> you know. You know why I didn't go? Because I did not want to leave Florence. Yeah, it's tough. I did not. I, I, I this entire trip for me was I may never get back here. I've been trying to get on this trip for I can't tell you how many years, and I approached the entire trip like this may be the only time I get to do this, and, and I would highly, I would highly recommend. If you are going to do this trip or any other trip like it, that you approach it the exact same way. I may never be here again. And so it was really, for me, Soaping. just about soaking up every moment of the experience. I want to go back. I hope to go back. I'm going to try and go back. But I went into it with that, with that attitude that I may never get back here again.
1: In an earlier show, you said Disneyland is now your Disney World. Yeah. when I was a kid I used to I've told you all this a hundred times I used to plot and plan how I was going to get back to Disney World now that I live near Disney World my new Disney World is Italy
0: yeah I, I found myself on that trip <coughs> by the end by uh, the connection. end of that trip like okay where can I work this and how can I make this happen? I've
2: already looked into renting a villa, so give me
0: time. So just real
2: quick, we, went, we got the bus, we went out to Pisa. Pisa was, is where the Leaning Tower is. So we decided we'd never seen that before. It would be a great added thing for us. Um, Pisa was a surprise. Pisa is a very industrial city with very little
1: tourism, very little tourist attractions, except what they call the Miracle Square. And there's the Baptistry, the Duomo, and the Tower. And I don't know what any of you expect of it. I was shocked
2: by Pisa.
4: Shocked in a bad way?
2: Yeah. Yeah, kind of in a this. That's it? Lowered no. my expectation. No, not that much, but it was. First, when you get there, um, it's a very carnival atmosphere. There's booths set up, and everyone's trying to sell you something. There must have been 300 people selling portraits of Bob Marley. Yep. It's very, <laughs> very aggressive oh, sellers. I, w- yeah.
1: I was offered authentic Rolexes with two, a- two L's.
0: <laughs> a Rolex.
1: I was offered imitation Wayfarers, Ray-Ban sunglasses. It's very much any coastal town with a boardwalk, only far seedier and, well, and aggressive. Actually, that,
0: that brings up a good point that I want to caution to anybody uh, traveling to Italy. Uh, everywhere you go, there are people selling knockoff Louis Vuittons, knockoff Rolexes, Ray-Bans, you name it. They're all over the place. Uh, they, the police, do not go after these guys. They go after the people who buy it. If you purchase it, you, the the fine, I believe, it's a minimum of ten thousand U.S. dollars. Ten thousand uh, dollars is the fine you pay if you are caught buying it. They do not go after the guy selling it. They go after the people buying it. Do not buy this stuff. People and the how brazen. Here. These guys are. We saw up guys in Venice outside of Louis Vuitton selling knockoff Louis <laughs> Vuitton, um, and people talking to them. It's like, what is wrong with Obviously you? Obviously,
4: someone's buying, or they're still there. Right? Of course, yeah. somebody.
0: You know, but just you know, it's a it's a gamble there. If you want to, you know, spend it, get get fined ten thousand um, dollars for it. So, Jumping
1: back into Pisa, you walk through this carnival it, it's it's it says bad things about carnivals you walk through this very unsavory area and you're in Italy and you think we just came from the most gorgeous city and now we're, there's a McDonald's and there's a Burger King I mean it's really kind of low rent and the stuff they're selling no, nothing you would want nothing of quality and you turn the corner and you walk into the Miracle Square and it's like you've walked into a dream It's still crowded. It's mobbed is what it is. All of that is outside the Miracle Square. But then there's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And I was shocked. First of all, I assumed it was going to be out in a field all by itself. It's kind of crammed in this little walled-in area. Because there's a
2: basilica there. That's the associated, Duomo. And the Duomo, and the tower is where the bell tower was. Well, they were going to ring the bell for the church and all that stuff. But it was really it was an incredible experience. I'm glad we got a chance to do it. And but, every
1: person who's in Italy is standing there holding their hands right, up. <laughs> right, doing
2: that, doing that <laughs> picture. Yeah. But I'm glad we did it, and it was an add-on that we did.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So from Florence, we head on to Venice. We take a train from Florence to Venice, and whatever, if you've never been, whatever you think about Venice, whatever you think you know about Venice, whatever uh, you've seen about Venice, just forget it. Forget it. Because the minute you step foot out of this train station and you're there, it is there are no words. Your expectations will have been uh, wrong. Yep. They're uh, not uh,
1: glorious or grand enough. They're just not yeah, your expectations. Just,
0: yeah. and I, I think I went in with fairly high expectations for Venice and the minute I stepped foot, I don't think I was out of the train station yet. As you're walking out mm-hmm. and you're looking at out the windows at this scene that's in front of you, you're like, oh no. Oh no, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me! I kept saying that over and over and again. You kind
2: of think to yourself, "Is this thing that I'm seeing out of the train station an Real. anomaly? Yeah. Is this like, okay, this is the theme park that has a canal through it, and once I get into Venice, it's all and behind me is Newark. right?"
0: And actually, we have a, a picture I took of John and Kevin uh, right outside the train station, which I think is one of the best pictures I've, I've seen of them. Uh, so I like that picture. It's yes, a great picture good. of the two of them. Because my face is a shadow. Um, This is literally right outside the train station. And it's just this this amazing view and this amazing place. And they put you right onto a gondola. And what's really cool is, you know, A, it is the only mode of transportation is either uh, a a, a, a speedboat or a gondola. And they literally put all our luggage onto a gondola. And then we get onto a gondola and they take us... uh, they take us down to
1: The Grand Canal. The
0: Grand Canal. And you know, you, you you turn onto the Grand Canal and you're like, Oh my God. Oh It's real. It's real and I'm here and this is far more beautiful than anything I could have imagined. Um, I felt like I
3: was living my own like movie scene mm-hmm. yeah that's the best way
0: there's I just can ex- no
1: way to explain it to yeah. people um i've heard people a couple of people now say uh, venice is the most photogenic place they've ever been no yeah. question you can't aim your camera in the wrong direction
0: no question right
1: um i want you to know that there are some other things that we took out in venice again there's a, a mask painting activity that takes up a half of your day I didn't think our group would be interested in this. I thought they would rather have time on their own. No question. So we took out the pieces that I didn't think would interest a group of adults, and I changed the hotel back to the hotel that ABD had used all along. So those were the only changes we made in Venice. I
0: well, gave
1: you more. I wanted you to have more time to play.
0: Well, the hotel that uh, we were in in Venice was the Luna Baglioni. Whereas the uh, the ABD the normal ABD is at the Hilton Molina Stucky, which is across like on another island. It's
1: across the Grand Canal,
0: <laughs> and yeah, um, looked beautiful. It did. It's I mean, very nice. It has a-, a pool. But if you wanted to do anything, you'd have to get on a
3: boat.
1: You yeah. have to take a boat across the shopping, most of the restaurants, the tourist attractions, St Mark's Square. St Mark's <laughs> Square is the epicenter of Venice. Everything. Yeah. Revolves around St. Mark's Square. It's on a different island. Well, yeah.
0: what we what we realized was that you've got St. Mark's Square area, which is where all the higher end stores and experiences and places are, and then you have the Rialto Bridge area, which is definitely a lower rent uh, <laughs> part of town.
1: Well, the Disney yeah. Store is near the Rialto Bridge. Hermes is near the St. Mark's exactly.
2: Square. <laughs> and lower rent for Venice is,
0: you know, still pretty high rent. Right. I mean and we still found some great stores over by the Rialto Bridge, but yeah, the high end, the Hermes, right, the right. Chanel, uh, uh, Louis, Vuitton. Louis Vuitton, everything. Continue
2: was, with with that day. You get off the boat to get off the gondola. Right. And you do a walking tour of of Venice, which is what every group does. And I'm
0: just going to say this is the only place I was disappointed. Mm. Was the walking tour of Venice. Every trip we're disappointed with because what happens what happens is is you come in to all this beauty and this stunningness and I swear to God they t- pick the ugliest places possible <laughs> to bring you and um I'm looking at Dustin saying, Why the hell am I standing here when like, I know two blocks that way is gorgeous. They take you down the narrowest alleys and then they bring you to these squares,
2: which are relatively small. And then they talk for about 20 minutes and you think, no, I want to go and play in
0: Venice. I, I, yeah, exactly. So I, I dealt with this for about 20 minutes. Yeah, for you. And I said, I you know, I told the guides, OK, just point me in the direction of our hotel and what time is dinner? Because yeah. I got to go. Um, and coolest thing is that all you need to do to get back to our hotel is follow the signs that say per per San Marco, uh, St. Mark's Square. And you can't get lost. Do you remember what I told you before you went? You can't get lost in Venice. You can't get lost in Venice, and you were absolutely right. Uh, And I kept telling you, try. Try and get lost. (laughs) You (laughs) can't. And
1: and the reason I tell you that, I tell everybody this, try and get lost in Venice. First of all, you're going to find the most amazing things. And then the second thing is, you know, you can't. It's either chiseled in stone or there's a sign or somebody wrote on a wall with magic marker St. Mark's Square yeah. this way it, so go explore Venice
3: it took me a while to realize that even the most narrow alley is actually a major street with shops on it
1: right. and you think that's where they're yeah. going to find the bodies of the dead okay. right. Right. right
0: exactly um, The um, but one of the things we found out is that if you go across the Academia Bridge mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: this leads you into a section of Venice that is not necessarily tourist
1: oh no it's not it's very neighborhood
0: very neighborhood and we found this out because you know we were just walking around with our cameras <laughs> and we wanted to stop and get something to drink so he got a beer and i got a coke and it was five euro for both Total together. That was awesome. As opposed to you know, right. there were places there were places in, in 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 Italy. I was paying ten and fifteen euro for, for a, a coke. A
1: co- never drink in the hotel. Never buy a coke in. the Never hotel buy. Ever.
0: D- don't ever eat in the hotel. Um, okay, I did. I'll, I'll get to that. But I did at the Westin uh, the, the uh, Europa Regina because I could have a cheeseburger on the Grand Canal. It was a forty four dollar cheeseburger. But
1: breakfast at the Europa Regina when we were there in two thousand six. Breakfast on the terrace overlooking the Grand Canal was 79 euros apiece.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. Um, but the coffee's real. The coffee's real. That, that was a real challenge, finding pretty coffee.
1: John and I. Um, Well, first of all, we tell people when you go to uh, Italy, you're probably going to have two discussions your trip. You're going to talk about American coffee, and you're going to talk about American (laughs) restaurants.
0: Yeah, right.
1: But um, one of the best memories I have, John and I found a restaurant that had three seats in it. And we had lunch (laughs) in a restaurant that had three seats off the beaten path. So, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: So, we... uh Exploring Venice is probably one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done in my life for that very reason that you mentioned. You can't get lost. Um, you may go way out of your way, but you'll, you'll, you'll always find your way back. If you know where you're staying, you can find your way back.
1: There's also something in Venice that's very, very easy to use. It's called the Vaporetto. And the Vaporetto is Venice's city bus. And
0: it's, we were too scared. We use yeah, it all the
1: time. Cute. We use it all the time. so easy. You buy a ticket and you watch, there's a list of the stops and you find your stop and ours is And it's San one Marco. big loop.
0: It's one big loop around Venice. Okay, because we were scared.
2: Let me just also say too that um, something that we added to this trip that's not part of a regular trip is a glass blowing demonstration. Yes. You had it in the beginning video. I'm really glad you did that. Uh, on a very early trip, a previous trip, they take you out to Murano. It's an hour's boat ride out. It's a big, long presentation. And they try to sell you stuff, and it's an hour's ride back.
1: And they tell you about the sand that they
2: use, right. and you think. And they kind oh, of did gosh. away with it. And we said, well, we don't want to go out to Murano. We wanted to see something more local. And they said, oh, yeah, there's a furnace. The last furnace on the island of Venice happens to be behind St. Mark's Square. So Disney sets up this special glass blowing demonstration that I believe was sort of the shocker of the trip. Yeah. Everybody was oohing and eyeing. Because this man took a molten piece of glass and turned it into a horse in, like, 30 seconds. was ridiculous. And
3: there was that moment when everyone realized it was a horse. They're like,
2: oh. <laughs> but
3: what's amazing about this is he does it in so, such an
1: interesting fashion, and it's all so combined, that your three-and-a-half-hour trip to
2: Murano happened in a half an hour. Right. Yeah. So that was a great experience that we did for, uh, for our group. And um, should we talk about our evening? Our dinner that evening? Yes. Our special dinner. So, actually, one night when we were in Florence. Uh, just before we got to Florence? Just before. We, no, we were in Florence. We? we had dinner at the restaurant where the person told us about a place to eat. Oh, I'm sorry. I, thought you, I understand what you're saying. Pete, Dustin, Kevin and I went out to dinner we sat next to a couple who had just come from Venice and said, listen, if you go to Venice, you're going to Venice next, we want to recommend this restaurant to you, it's really great. So we had gotten a whole bunch of people together, would you like to go with us? Yeah, we'd love to go. We found out at the front desk how far it was from the hotel, we're all getting ready, we step out the front door of the hotel and ba-boom, lightning and thunder in the skies above Venice. (laughs) And we're like, well, we don't want to walk across Venice. It was a, going to be a 20-minute walk to this restaurant. We don't want to walk across town and get stuck in a rainstorm. So we knew of a little place around the corner, down two little alleyways, two minutes I'm away. i guess it's at, 200 feet. 200 feet away. Yeah. We get there, and you could see. You could feel It's kind of a little bit of a mistiness in the air and stuff. And the guy goes, well, I can't fit all of you. It was, I don't know there how many. There were 12? 13 12, of us. Because it's dinner time, and I can't accommodate everybody. And I said, okay, Come on inside. So we all sort of went inside, and he found tables for us. And as we sat there, we started to hear this little plinkiness outside. (laughs) It was hailing. It started to hail in Venice. It was a phenomenon that had to happen in 25 years.
0: There were
1: three inches of hail outside.
0: Now, mind you, this had happened the day that we were going to Florence. We were delayed leaving Orvieto because... Florence had just been hit by a freak hailstorm. and mm-hmm. like, I mean, and we're talking about like a violent hailstorm where windows were blown out of cars. Yeah. And even as we pulled into Florence, there's all this hail all over the place. So now here we are sitting in Venice.
1: One of the people on our trip, when they got to the hotel in Florence, their, the windows in their room had been crashed in. Had been in. crashed in, yep. And they had to replace the windows, and they even replaced the rug for them.
0: Wow. Their rug was wet. So here we are in Venice... And the same thing is happening again. So it's kind of like so okay. What's it tell
4: you, huh?
2: It was this <laughs> has real nothing thing. to do with the Diz. <laughs> yeah, no,
4: like,
2: it was this freaky thing. However, it turned out to be one of the funnest nights. We had, had a
0: great night. Yeah. All, yeah. ha- All the hailstones at each other. All rules were suspended. Will not, I, 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 I will not repeat some of what one Can, uh, person on our trip <laughs> was saying. It was a funny night. It was a funny, funny. And night. you have to
1: understand. This is a fairly large restaurant, and we had.
0: I'm six looking at tables? you, Val Alves. I'm we had six you.
1: tables, like we were strung out
2: through the restaurant. There was a great deal of wine. There sir. was a lot. Yeah. smell <laughs> was
4: there, right? <laughs> and we walked
2: we in. And we sort of, you know, we ate, and we sort of had this mentality that, listen, we got to stay here till this is over. I thought, That's I right. don't know how many. Well, how long did it, it
1: last? An hour?
2: No, I think more than that.
0: Oh yeah, two was, and a half hours. It was oh, well, about yeah.
1: Well, the dinner lasted almost three hours. The hail was probably about forty-five minutes, and then the torrential rain came, which yeah, so we were, were lucky because it washed the hail away.
0: So it was this great experience in Venice. That it was. It was. I mean, so it was a lot of fun. Ended up being a lot of. Fun. Something that people should also know uh, about Venice, especially St. Mark's Square, is that uh, Venice is sinking basically, um, or being flooded is more accurate. Uh, With the rise in sea levels, when high tide comes in,
1: they call it aqua alta.
0: And it uh, it literally the water comes up into St. Mark's Square. So they have these uh, planks that are set up that you walk on, the risers set up all over St. Mark's Square yeah. where you can walk to get get around the square uh, when the tide recedes. Of course, the water goes goes back down. This is normally, at least while we were there, in the morning this was happening. And uh, they say within a certain amount of time, I don't know how, how long, but Venice will be uninhabitable um, if it can, if the trend continues.
1: Well, I just watched a show the other night, and they're doing all sorts of things to try and um, stem this. They're putting things underwater like giant flappers that they can put up when the tides come in. Venice has been dealing with aqua alta for centuries. And what they're trying to do now is they're trying to stop the erosion. I think the best description I've ever heard of Venice is it's a grand old lady the day after the party.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) It's kind of got that
2: really kind of faded glamour that's so attractive. However, the water rising the sort of the, the buildings that are in this, a sense of disarray, mm. it all adds to the magic it of does. the city. It does. The romance it does. of it
0: all.
1: It's, and you walk around and you think, I am so glad
3: to be here.
0: It, I'm just so glad to be a part of this. Exactly. It's exactly how you feel. Um, and
3: it's unlike any other place in the world. You can't compare it no question. to anything else.
0: There is no comparison for it. There are no cars. It's a place without cars. It's a city without cars. Kind of nice. And it is. It is that you can pretty much walk anywhere you want without, especially after being in Rome for eight days. Right. You can, walk, you can walk across something and not fear for your life. The number of times I saw my life flash in front of my eyes in Rome.
1: They tell was, you don't make eye contact with the drivers because if you make eye contact, it's your fault. Well, God. <laughs> and they we're great.
0: It's, It was. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Did you
1: ever feel like they might be aiming?
0: I mean, they, they're in a rush to get there. Um but the experience in Venice, you know, you talk about a, a trip that builds to a crescendo from where we were in Rome and then what we experienced in Florence, and then finishing in Venice. Um, I can only echo the advice I was given by Kevin and John uh, about Venice. Add days on. You will be so upset with yourself. Yeah. if you do this trip and you leave on the last day of the ABD. And you don't add those days.
1: No one has enough time in Venice.
0: No one has enough time in Venice. And even though you stayed what four extra days? Uh, three, four. No, it was four extra days. Could you added four more? Uh, Easily, easily, absolutely could have added four more. Had the trip not been you know eighty three months long for me, um, it would have been much easier to do that. But there's one thing you know we talk about adventures by Disney and we talk about the value of having these two concierges traveling with you, uh never more so than on this trip did I see the value of that. Um, While we were on this trip, Air France uh, went on strike, and in solidarity, KLM, who's a partner airline, went on strike as well. And a good number, myself included, Dustin and I included, a good number of the people on our trip were traveling on either Air France or KLM. Now... (laughs) most of the people on the trip did not book their air through Adventures by Disney. So they had booked this on their own. And on the trip to Venice, on the train ride to Venice, Marco, uh, one of our guides, was on the phone because people were being notified that their flights had been canceled. Marco was on the phone restructuring their flight plans, getting, making sure they got out on time. Uh, and even for me, you know, because we left four days later. Our guides were gone. And I got the right. night before we were supposed to leave. I got the, the, or the day the morning before we were supposed to leave. I got the email that uh, my flights had been canceled because of the strike. And I got an email, a message on Facebook from Dusty. We're aware of it. Let me know any help you need. This, he, he's done. He's back in Orlando at this point. He's done. He's getting ready to go to Vietnam. And here he is. You know, making sure that I'm okay. Uh, Fortunately, it was very easy. I got to say Air France. uh, I called their customer service number. I got a great rep who not only got me on a flight, but also got me on, put me on another airline, put me on British Airways, just to make sure there was no more, (coughs) no more possibility of me being affected by the strike. And... Because we were originally going from Venice to Charles de Gaulle, Charles de Gaulle to Atlanta, Atlanta to Orlando.
1: Who's your travel agent? <laughs> really?
0: Well, it was about getting the best price because it uh, was an expensive flight. Yeah. He moved us from, to a flight on British Airways going from Venice to Gatwick, Gatwick to Orlando. And So much easier. Now, we won't talk about the fact that the flight out of Venice was delayed and we almost missed our connection and had to run through an airport that is far too big for its own good. And But once we got on the plane, I got to say, British Airways was awesome. British Airways was absolutely awesome. The service was fantastic. <laughs> but having these guides do this, they didn't have to, people didn't book through ABD, their flights through ABD. These guys technically didn't, but you want to talk about two guides who went above and beyond every time we turned around. Um, Anything that we needed, anything anyone needed, any help anyone needed, when um, you know when we saw that night that we had the hailstorm, and uh, Dusty and Marco came in. I I don't think you guys were with us. We were sitting down at the bar in the hotel, and we mentioned that one of one of member of the group. uh, No, wait, was this? Yeah, this was in Venice. That something something happened it wasn't the broken window something else happened with somebody in our group as a result of the hail maybe it was another broken window um brian and brian
2: had uh in, flooding in their room
0: in venice yeah, mm-hmm. in venice okay and dusty and marco looked at each other and said okay get back, time. get back to work they had just been out having dinner themselves and they had a few glasses of wine there but you know what doesn't matter and if something's up with one of their with one of their guests their job isn't over
4: their day doesn't end though when you're doing it. No, day it doesn't end. end. No, they're doesn't. they're no, no. uploading pictures and getting ready for the next day. They're
0: doing, yeah, it, it's incredible the amount of work that they do.
4: Let me just say one thing about the guides.
0: Uh,
2: when we do one of these trips, and it's a, a Dreams Unlimited travel trip, Kevin and I are very aware of what's going on around us. We like to go and we like to have fun and we like to enjoy it with everybody else, but we're also keeping an eye and making sure Sure. everything's okay and everybody's all right. and Are you having fun? Are you having a good time? We were watching these guys. These guys were incredible. They were anticipating people's needs. They wanted to know what they could do in advance. They listened to us right at the beginning, and they took everything we said from the beginning about what this group dynamic was going to be. And we're very totally... different
1: than a regular ABD group. With a regular ABD group, you're a bunch of families who are meeting for the first time in Rome. And I explained to them that that's not our group. Most of these people are well-traveled with each other. So they approached it much differently with
2: us. They're incredible. So
1: I've, never, I've been on several ABD trips. I think we're just a couple behind you. But I've never seen one of the guides actually become one of the servers in the restaurant.
0: Yes. Dusty. And in order or both. To,
1: in order to make <laughs> our experience better and things, because we at the beginning, someone said dinners went a little long. Um, the guides pitched in and all of a sudden they were servers. I just, I, every trip I go on, I think this is the best guide I've ever had. I could rank them at the top.
0: Oh, I definitely do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially Dusty, especially Dusty. We met a guide in Germany that
1: we feel is also very, very, very good.
0: But like I said, there are no bad ones. I haven't come across them if there are. If there's a bad ABD guide, I haven't met him or her. But uh, all in all, we had an amazing time. It was an amazing trip. I, I certainly can highly recommend the Viva Italia trip. I recommend ABD in general. We all do. Um, but if you are interested in this trip or any others that ABD offers, just shoot an email off to Kevin at dreamsandlimitedtravel dot com. Um, he uh, he sells more of these than anybody else. He knows them, and uh, he gets the job done. So a little plug for yeah. Kevin at Dreams. But thank we you. had a great time. And Kevin and John both thank <laughs> you so much for an amazing time in Europe. Glad you guys joined yes, us. You guys you. did finally. Incredible. Finally, yes. I know, so right? It was a fun trip. So, it was a fun trip. All right, and that, yeah,
1: everybody else on this trip, there was a bunch of you, you made our trip special.
0: Always do. Always do. All right. That is going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of The Vlog. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn canal.